support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. When you think about the growth of the Trump condo buildings, it sort of happened the same time as you guys were shooting The Apprentice. So he might have been using The Apprentice as a calling card to get all these licensing fees for his brand as he was building all these buildings around the world. Wow, that pretty makes- And on the West Side, on the West Side Highway, that whole, you know, Riverside Drive, all those crappy buildings that they took his name off of. This is worth taking a moment for because it actually is the way that we can connect everything that Noel all the value that he's bringing into the conversation, whether you think we're sitting here laughing and sipping tea, which we are, these two things are not unrelated. Donald Trump's career as a as a money launderer and what Noel witnessed and and the celebrity apprentice or the apprentice, which been became the celebrity apprentice, that media property, they are not disconnected. No. They are not. It was a transition to Soviet, former Soviet Union money, which was becoming which was becoming Russia at the time in the 90s. And then, um, you know, and then really in the mid aughts, Donald Trump's stuff kind of took off. He did not develop, really develop outside of the United States and outside of even like a couple of hubs, New York, Florida. He had a couple of things going, but it was that apprentice show that came in and set him up on this sort of stage as this you know, global real estate businessman. And that's when we got Trump Panama and Trump, you know, he even went and had like, and Trump Baku and Trump, uh, all these international properties where he was, he turned himself into this licensing king where he was just Mm. slapping his name on stuff. And I don't even know if he really even, because there was a big Deutsche Bank problem, a big problem at that time that Donald was having that Deutsche Bank swept in because and the apprentice and this is how Noel I you know we started this with how did you guys meet mm. well Noel kind of sought me out because he'd seen that I'd done this thread that actually was one of the big things kind of and I had people encourage me like you got to tell that story you got to tell that story and I'm like I don't know if I should tell this story I was just this little Twitter account at the time but I was on Twitter and in the space so that I could put out what I knew and also find other people who knew stuff and try to put the story together Um, because I just couldn't believe that this mother president and that so many people knew who he was and what he was and how embedded he was, that he came out flying out of the underworld's womb of organized crime. And here he was uh, all of a sudden our our president. And I felt a lot of, I guess, proximity responsibility just in terms of, I knew the people around Mark Burnett that had enabled that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, all, all of a sudden, if you're in Wisconsin, you think, oh, yeah, the fame that he's the boss. And he's he was there. really big in, in fires, the Midwest, actually. He fires people. Right. And they didn't know. They mm-hmm. really didn't know that he was a criminal. New Yorkers knew. People out here in, in, in out L.A., we knew. Everybody knew. Um, but the average American voter didn't know. They, they bought the story that had been packaged and put out there. Um, and it's really important to note that without that show, the show was like a trust wash. Mm-hmm. It was a trust wash. And it was a front uh, 
a sort of trust washing front as well for this man's continued exploitation of his name so that he could license it and use it and get into these global properties. But when you do the background research on all those properties from Panama on up, they are all tied to uh, really one gangster in particular, uh, Mogilevich and his empire. It's all those people. So when Noel says he was yet Soho and he was watching say Felix Sater walk around with all these guys and all these guys in New York, they all kind of know each other. They're all connected. That's what we say. The mob says, oh, he's connected because mm. they're connected. They're connected. Right. <laughs> they're, that's how the mafia works. That's why you end up with that term. They're connected. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw Felix into this bucket of saying he's somehow an operative for Mogilevich because people have done that. There's skepticism around his father. There's all this kind of stuff. There's, that's a whole other ball of wax. That I mean, there's not a lot of, there's a lot of right? skepticism, but I think it's still true. I mean, he, it's, you know, I just don't, I just, it, we don't need to talk he's about a very tricky guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't want to, I don't want to divert the conversation mm. into that guy. He's, he's, you know, he's swimming in intelligence services covered in all of this of like, I was, you know, thinks he's James Bond, but he really was just an informant to get out of his own criminality. So whatever. But the point being, what Noel witnessed and what Mark Burnett actually enabled, mm -hmm. whether he was a participant, whether he was knowing or not, it's hard to believe he didn't know. Hard to believe. But he, hard to believe. But regardless, what he enabled was for this man to make the transition from the five, being sort of fully owned by the five families in New York City. And, and being mobbed up in that at that level to being this businessman front for a transnational organized crime, which was becoming something very different at the yeah. time. And, I mean, and that those two things happened together. The apprentice and his move into transnational organized crime and laundering for Russian mafia and others, and those connected to the Mogilevich empire, which stretches beyond the former Soviet Union, Donald Trump's move uh, from New York City gangsters, right, to uh, as business front for them, to the business front for this global empire, happened with the Apprentice. Yeah, and so let, let me add something Moved else. Because it happened it. with the Apprentice, and it happened with with the Miss uh, Universe pageants. They all combined at the same time. So he, exactly. he was traveling around the That's world. Right. He gets these um, mob organizations around the world who are you know, wanting to build these condo towers, but these condo towers are really just fronts for money laundering. People are buying condos yeah. because they want to wash their money into those, through those condo towers. I don't know how many condos in each tower, but there's a lot. Now, the reason why Trump likes the licensing piece of this is if they get bust for their money laundering with their condos, he's just a licensee and what, you know, I, hey, they don't want my name, I gave them my name. But what he also gets on top of that that he doesn't talk about as much is the, is the management fees. So he gets the licensing fees, but he right. also gets 10% a year for running the building or 15%, way higher than you would normally right. charge for those things. So you've basically got a guy who is enabling organized crime around the world by enabling money laundering through these condo towers, but is also profiting of organized crime around the world. And that a major network in the United States is publishing, publishing as a, you know, some sort of uh, legitimate businessman, but he's not, I mean, it's a complete lie, everything they're putting on, on TV every week. And they're right. encouraging the growth of this, of this organized crime syndicate. They're the marketing arm of the mob. Basically, yes. one more one more thing to add here is that um, Mark Burnett, after working on the Celebrity Apprentice, tried to develop a show about Putin. Hmm. For real, no, before, before. Oh, it was before. No. Okay, he, 
Yes, this is actually an incredible story that people also don't focus on, that everybody should know. Several of us were banging on the door of the of the New York Times, and they were receptive to taking these stories in 2016, and they were fishing for stories, mm -hmm. frankly, in our own industry boards. We have, it doesn't, people think the entertainment industry works a certain way, but unless you work in it, you don't, I'm sorry, you don't get it. And so, and even journalists might not get it. And so, uh, there were, there were even group boards, like, you know, work, work boards where people, you know, assistants and everyone gather together and say, can I get the script? Do you know this assistant over here? Can we blah, 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 blah. There's that, that exists in our town and, um, and they're hard to get on and you have to be sort of a legitimate person. And so journalists were fishing for these tapes. They wanted these apprentice tapes, um, cause there've been rumors about them and the rumors were true and people knew, and they were talking, Noel knows they were folks that he know, everyone was trying to like raise the awareness because they thought, okay, if people could just hear him, you could just hear him, right? Then you'll get it. Mm -hmm. You'll get what he is. Um, because it wasn't just the racial slurs. It's just, it was everything. It was everything about this man and what he said about his own kids. You know, there's just shit on there. And there's no way you can work on a production in this town. And if you go, everybody has headsets on a set. So no, mm -hmm. you could talk about this too. So you go and everyone's got headsets on. They all they can all hear. If you're recording, whether it's a yeah, live recording, whatever everything. it is, they can hear everything. Zev, you know, mm -hmm. you can hear everything. Everyone's got it. And you guys tell me because you've been on more. Uh, I'm I'm on movie. It's different in movies. But somebody drops a word or says something off color, it doesn't go unnoticed. Like Very it's rarely. seared into your. It's very rarely happens, no matter what anybody thinks about us, it very rarely happens. We're not those people. Um, and it gets seared into people's minds. They know and they remember this. So the, all of that stuff about those tapes was real. And at that mm. time, and there was many of us ha handing everything over to journalists and to, you know, trying to break the story and get the story out and say, you know, here, here's some business affairs people who will talk to you. Here's the agents that will talk to you. Here's like just gathering everybody we could uh, what, for whatever our piece of knowledge was. And it all got buried. Nothing mm. really came out. Um, Nothing comes up because it's part why. of I'll tell you why. Because our networks are run by news corporations, by corporations, I should say, that own the entertainment right. division and the news division. When Donald Trump becomes a a celebrity within the umbrella of NBC, he becomes protected by all of NBC. So the Today Show and NBC News and Dateline and all those other people are treating him like a member of their family, not like someone that they should be investigating. And what's more is that sort of extends to everybody in network television because, hey, we'll respect your family and you'll respect our family. And so what you land up with, and I'm going to play you some tape of what it was like when Donald Trump, this mobster that we're talking about, this guy who was selling all these condos around the world to, to, money, to mob organizations and laundering money and doing all these things with women and drugs and what, who knows what else, shows up on the most important show on television, which is the Today Show back in the, when did the show premiere? 2004, probably. 2004. So, yeah. yeah, so in the early 2000s. So this was, you know, Katie and Matt were the thing. And in the morning they could determine whether someone was going to make it or not and their personal relationships with those people mattered and they did a lot to build up the the credibility of donald trump now this is the news division now this is not entertainment this is the news division whitewashing everything about him and everybody loves these two in the morning so everyone believes them 
when they seem like they like Donald Trump. The TV series The Apprentice brings together 20 ambitious contestants hoping to survive in New York's corporate jungle. Donald Trump and Mark Burnett, good morning. Nice to see you guys. Hello, Katie. Why, 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 why? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. But, <laughs> but The Apprentice was a giant hit. You're and when the season ended in April, Trump was ascending to new heights. At a bar in Chicago, the hometown of the new apprentice, it sounded as loud as a Cubs victory party. The apprentice portrayed Donald Trump in the most flattering possible light. As the host of the show, Trump came across like an able commander, a morally strong but fair leader, and a tycoon who couldn't fail. Doesn't you know, it? I've always got a lot of attention. This is getting a little ridiculous, and oh, I had no please. idea it was going to be this way. You love it. Come on, Katie. Don't get started with me. Trump, the man, wasn't the only beneficiary of the show. Trump, the brand, was featured prominently, from Trump bottled water to the troublesome Atlantic City casino, the Trump Taj Mahal. Well, he may have a hit show right here on NBC and plenty of money in the bank, but Donald Trump's hotels and casino resorts are in deep debt to the tune of nearly $2 billion. The casinos make less than 1% of my empire, so to speak. I mean, it's a small, relatively small investment for me. The Apprentice was immediately renewed, and Trump's popularity was at its peak. Donald Trump is calling for a redesign of the World Trade Center site to, in effect, rebuild the Twin Towers, making them one foot taller than the originals. He soon married longtime girlfriend Melania Knauss at a celebrity-packed wedding. Who was the most glamorous guest in your view? Well, I would say, you know, uh, you had Anna Winter there and Andre Leontali from Vogue, who were terrific people, and Hillary Clinton looked fantastic. You know, this, this is not very critical journalism going on of this guy. It's a free access to a, a network news operation to publicize everything he's doing for a whole lot of time. That is unconscionable. I mean, it's unconscionable that you've got this situation happening in, 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 in what's supposedly the independent news um, this world where you've got free press and free and the free media. And this is the problem that we have with network television is that this is the kind of crap you get on network television. You can't believe a thing that they're broadcasting. It reminds me of the the old Norm McDonald joke where uh, he said NBC is the national broadcast company, but the problem is they don't tell you which nation. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's it's true. In this case, it could have been you know it could have been Russian for all we know. It really is. It's it's shocking. And I, I've worked in network television for many years. I know what it's like in there. I think corporate capture of news mm. is. Uh, is, and this and how everything's been siloed right up, up into these big corporations. I think that is a, yes, it's a huge part of it. I think the way that uh, attorneys at news organizations uh, have become the barriers <laughs> for getting the news out instead of just like you guys go to the news and we're behind you and we'll 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 fight whatever comes your way. It's, it's like a layer now you have to get through in order to even put a story out. And I think that's a real problem. I mean, there's a lot of problems. Um, I, I, I think it's a little bit more sinister with this guy. I'm sorry, I do. I think it's a little more sinister. I think some of it can be explained as um, people just didn't think he was going to win. And so they didn't want to take a risk. That Citadel thing that mm. you were talking mm. about, Sev, I, I think it's way rougher out here in uh, where, although you think of the news organizations being based in New York, the big entertainment companies that own them <laughs> are out here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is where, you know, people knew, people knew at a very high level that would shock people. Katie knew, Katie and Matt yeah, knew and everything. Love, yeah, you should Katie, go ahead and jump in. Let me, 
Katie yeah. is a super sweet person and Katie yeah. lives in my, my neighborhood as well. And she couldn't be nicer, but you saw that exchange where she goes, yeah, you love the attention, Donald. Yeah. Cause she knows it. They if know you're that. in that circuit, you're going to events with him. You're going to charity galas and all this kind of stuff with Trump, you know? And it's, you know, I was at NBC the morning Matt Lauer got fired. He was our host on a show I do every year called The Tree Lighting at NBC. It's on a Wednesday and they light a rock, tree lighting at Rockefeller Center. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Matt was supposed to be our host that morning. He got fired like 2017. Oh, and wow. I remember showing up in the morning. They're like, Matt just got escorted out of the building. Like we're not using him as a host, you know, wow. but, and I have friends at work at Today Show and nobody was surprised. Nobody yeah, the, was same thing. Everybody knew about Weinstein. Everyone knew about right. Lauer. People knew about all these people. They just didn't do right. anything and they didn't report about it. So we can't blame, right. you know, we can't blame America for choosing a bad president when, uh, they, you know, how, how are they meant to know? How does America meant to know if they, if the journalists are failing at their core job? Can we, can we talk about, can we talk about the journalism for one second? Yeah. We, do we, I don't want to yeah. detour yeah. too much, but no, I worked at I worked at the Associated Press in human resources for seven and a half years. So I know more about how this stuff is kind of set up, um, which is in, in traditional newspapers and, and publishing companies, there is supposed to be a wall between the publishing side and the editorial side yep. where it's the publisher, you know, the publisher picks the editor and then is not supposed to interfere at all. And obviously there's there's going to be times if. If you know that Rupert Murdoch owns your newspaper, you're probably more likely to, you know, write something in a way that he would like. And also he would hire somebody that he, you know, might share his views. Similarly, maybe the Washington Post that's now owned by Bezos is less likely to write a hit piece on Amazon, whatever. But for the most part, you have these things where there's a firewall. And one of the reasons that the Watergate uh, news coverage was so successful is because Catherine Graham at the Post let let Ben Bradley, Ben Bradley, yeah, do his job and didn't interfere. Right. And Bradley let the reporters do their job and didn't interfere. And my, my point of this is that what we see on the TV, especially, and what, what the news organizations and the sort of collective media consciousness decides what we're going to talk about is very seldom... Um, caused by or actuated by the journalists who are doing the work because i think most of the journalists who are out there doing the work are That's good right. and doing good work That's and right. i want to make sure that we make that yeah. distinction and a strong journalist right. including by the way the, the white house press corps is Absolutely. getting hammered and i think right. they're doing great there's been a lot more pushback that's a terrible job yeah. Not, but um, something's going it's a terrible job but something is going on there they won't ask the question they'll ask kaylee but they won't ask him they won't ask him about Kara, the bounties. Karen asked him and he they won't answer. Do there, it. There's, there's stuff that we don't see. And I don't know who's there. Is, yes. is Oanon, whatever, have 17 reporters in well, the I mean, uh, yes. yes. And he's not, he's not calling on them. My uncle was White right. House bureau chief for Time Magazine. You know, like they can, the only, the only questions that are getting asked now are who Trump calls. And he's calling friendly reporters. He's not mm. calling you Michelle Cinder, who would definitely ask mm. him about the Russian. Ryan Karam yeah. has shouted it at him as he walks out of the room. They know how yeah. to play the game. Yeah. They've got a, they've got a, you know, because uh, of COVID as well, a there's, a, there's a smaller press corps in there and they've got only a few people in there. Right. So there's, you know, there's social distancing. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to qualify myself now to play the game. This is how hard it is to figure out how to mm. play the press. Ready? Person, woman, man, <laughs> camera, TV. 
Got it. You got it backwards. <laughs> you messed it up. You're Say it again. See if you can get it right. Camera. I did not. I'll, I'll do it back. I can do it backwards. TV, camera, man, woman, person. Okay, you did it. Well done. So I can I can absolutely handle the complications of that task. Yeah. But, uh, you know, look, a couple of things popping up. First of all, my phone went crazy when we brought up Katie Kirk and did it and failed to mention that she knew Jeffrey Epstein. Oh yeah, no, I haven't got a Jeffrey well, episode. Everybody knew Jeffrey. I mean, yeah. well, let's talk about Jeffrey. I, I, wait, wait, let's finish let's your thought. Do you want to talk? Well, to, finish my thought. Yeah. Actually, is on that in terms yeah. of in terms of the Citadel, in terms of what people know, in terms of we could say yeah, there's stuff about Trump that everybody knew that was mm -hmm. anywhere in the vicinity of him. You cannot. None of these people can play dumb, but I do find DC to be uniquely idiotic um, and just ignorant of both New York and and money and tr the, the nature of all these things and um, Los Angeles and Hollywood and how that industry works. Like I do find it, from from politicians on, I mean, uh, you know, you know, Harvey Weinstein, you want to say everybody knew. Well, everybody here, we all knew. Yeah. Everyone in New York knew, everyone out here knew, but you know, the DC democratic party that he was all up in raising money and throwing farm. These people, these psychopaths know how to like Jeffrey Epstein, like Harvey Weinstein, like Donald Trump, they know how to behave in a circle they're swimming in. I think Donald has less boundaries around all that than, than those two other men. I think they're really good sharks. They know how to swim in, and so you could see people in Jeffrey Epstein's flight log and all this that may not have, you know, even say, well, everybody knew he had young girls around him, but that no, doesn't no. mean they were in that, that part of Jeffrey's world. Jeffrey could compartmentalize and he could, yeah. or he wouldn't have been successful. And, and that's, uh, so did that's how you buy cover. Mm. That's how you buy that's exactly how you, that they did is they bought the cover. Right. And they so bought, Katie and did know everybody. And so did a lot of these other journalists yeah. know everybody. And they don't cover these stories because they know everybody. So they feel like, oh, I can't do that one because oh, I know I Jeffrey. And, and you know, Donald Trump right. knew Jeffrey Epstein really well. And you were around at the time when he was, uh, you know, he might have visited his home. They, were, they lived quite close to each other. Absolutely. He definitely visited his home, you know. And, and, and they would, you know, Ghislaine Gis, Maxwell would mm -hmm. come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, with Naomi Campbell, we used to do it in the Waldorf Astoria. She'd come to this show. I, or it was like a big cancer benefit called the Angel Ball that Denise Rich, you know, mm. she has a big cancer charity nice. benefit. It's on Cipriani's. Mark Rich's wife. Exactly. Nice. Mark Rich's wife. Yeah. So the other way you they know, do it is charities. Yeah. That's yeah. what they so normalize themselves. Charity. Oh, that's the charities. charities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can tell you stories about those charities. But what year was this? Because oh, when Jeffrey shit. Epstein and well, Trump says he stopped being friends with Epstein in two thousand and four, no, I want to say two, maybe two thousand five. Like it wasn't. He said he hadn't been friends with him for a long time when right. when when he first revealed uh, when he was arrested last year. So what year was he visiting Jeffrey Epstein's home? Because I don't believe that they stopped well, being friends. Yeah, I don't either. And you know, it's not like I saw him walk in the door. You know, but yeah. I, I would see that. You know, I, like. There's two things here. There's interesting thing is like, that's a cover story, you know, that, that Trump kicked Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. There's some kind of, um, something went down there between the two of them. But, yeah. and I don't he know got how charged. 
he got charged. So that yeah, was, but even yeah, 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 he yeah. Got and then there was the house that. Speaking of that, when he when he got charged, you know, right before he got charged, Trump had a fundraiser at Howard Lutnick's townhouse, which is number eleven East ninety, East East seventy first. Right, it's number nine and number eleven East ninety first are the two townhouses. One is Jeffrey Epstein's mansion. The other one is owned by Howard Lutnick, who owned Cantor Fitzgerald, right. who bought it from a broker deal from Epstein's brother, okay? So I have, I, I went to, I had business on 70th and Madison that I would go to a few times a week. So late May of last year, I'm riding down Fifth Avenue and they shut off Fifth Avenue. I'm like, what's going on? They're like fundraiser. And I see the motorcade. So it's mm. Trump is going into this thing. I see Trump, I see Steve Wynn, I see Rudy mm. Giuliani, all these guys go into this fundraiser in Howard Lutnick's mansion, right? Like 30 dudes, they raise like, however many millions of dollars and then it's over it's a, like a not a very well publicized thing epstein gets charged by the sdny on july 4th so mm. now this is the end of may so it's it's very curious to me that they had this sort of fundraiser that i felt like might have been somewhat of a shakedown you know like mm. hey this epstein thing's about to get in the news again we all have been <laughs> next door and we all know what that what de- went down you know oh, it, surprise me. No. it would not I surprise me one bit. you know yeah. bill barr is going to take care of it but we all got to pony up right now yeah well probably i that's mean an interesting you know. theory that's a very i don't know and it's, yeah. it's just <laughs> a theory you know but it's but funny. Being very that's quiet about it and there's a lot of people who who know so much and then a lot yeah. of people are choosing not to say things and yeah. still the news media won't cover it. I mean, it's remarkable to me how little coverage there is of the story that people are so interested in. I mean, yeah. you can't put a, post a Ghislaine Maxwell story online and it just blows up. But on, on TV, it doesn't True. it doesn't even exist. Like, why? And still now it doesn't exist? It's a good story. The, Maybe they wish her well. Maybe yeah, they wish her well. Maybe they all wish her well. <laughs> yeah. All After Epstein's arrested, I'm, I have, you know, I live off a of fifth. So I, I do this loop a couple times a week. So I'm riding down to this thing I go to at, at Madison. And after he got arrested, I was like, I'm going to ride by his house. I want to see what's going down. Because I figured there'd be reporters camped out. Even though he's already in jail, it's a story. Somebody's going to do a live hit. It's going to still be in the news cycle, right? No American press were there. But an RT guy was there for like two weeks. A Russian reporter was on that duty every day. Every afternoon, he was there for like two, three weeks. I've taken pictures of it and I put it on Twitter. But this one poor, good-looking Russian dude was mm. just sitting there, like smoking his vape pen, waiting to do the hit for RT. Yeah. RT had tremendous interest in this story that Epstein was yes. now being held in MCC, but no American press yeah. was out front. Mm. And I remember thinking, why are the Russians so interested? I mean, I know why they're interested, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. you know, the potential, uh, look, if, if everything is connected as we think it might be, then who knows where the uh, dotted lines go? You know, it yeah. could be, yeah. if, if they could all be involved in serious financial crimes with each other, and they could all be involved in, in dealings that are, you know, certainly not things you want in, in the press if they're not illegal, but they could also be involved in things that are illegal. And so, you know, this could be threatening a whole elite of society in much the same way that uh, Weinstein did and, and in some ways Lauer did. So there's a... Uh, there's a lot going on there that we could still find out. And they're certainly all worried, I would there's think. A, there's time. a lot. Uh, and there's account. I always want to promote the great accounts, I think, for people to follow on Twitter. And if if any of you hate it when I do this, please let me know. Like, DM me and say, shut up, LB. Don't associate with me. Um, but uh, Molly McHugh is an, mm. a really extraordinary expert no, on 
disinformation campaigns, um, what they look like, right? And if you combine that with the David Shime stuff that we did, Zev and Greg, you know, we we had this this man who had just, part of his PhDs, he wrote a really incredible book on covert election interference and disinformation is a big part of that. And they do these things, we could think of them as active measures. We've heard that term. Um, there's other terms of like reflexive control to try to get people agitated and upset about something. But the other thing that the Kremlin is really, really good at is setting up these sort of offensive bullshit strikes, right? Because they know that something big might come out. Some big news piece might, might come out and they sort of pave the way ahead of that to, to, to taint it. Mm-hmm. So that if you hear it, if you hear it, and this is what people say, Donald Trump, he does this projection. Well, he's a trained propagandist. Mm-hmm. Who trained him? I think it's very interesting. I'd like to look at Ivana a little closely. But he's trained in this. He knows, I'm going to project something. And it's very intentional. It's not just like, a, you know, crazy guy that just does projection. He, They float this shit out. They float conspiracy. They float certain kinds of things out there to pave the way for when the real news comes by the time that story hits you think oh well we know about that. that's that one of those fake stories like we get that a lot we get you guys are cue for the left it's like yeah. who's left i'm not what are you talking about right we're just talking about money laundering and deutsche bank what are you talking about we're talking about we've got court documents here read this fucking transcript um but that's because there's all this groundwork that's been laid and the biggest sort of commonality and thread of the same propagandists that end up doing OAN, right? Right. That guy, Jack, Jack Posmic, who's, um, was part of Pizzagate and made sure, you know, kind of took credit for that with Mike Chernovich. These are people that threw out there, right. That Hillary Clinton was, there's a cabal of pedophiles and Hillary Clinton does human trafficking of children and they're cannibals and it's all out of this pizza place. And, you know, and a guy shows up with a weapon because, that's weapons grade, literally weapons grade uh, propaganda, probably cooked up out of some intelligence service and these two fuckaloos, right? Go ahead and start spreading this conspiracy. And QAnon is the same kind of thing of like, it, there's a band of pedophiles and Donald Trump is gonna expose them all. And it's all these deep state people and, and, you know, and we've got our Q insider who's telling us what's really going on and everything's interpreting. But again, at the core of it, it's always this stuff about very powerful people connected to a child trafficking ring. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Pizzagate. And it really feels like, uh, and then you kind of, kind of trace that stuff back, and it does seem like it is all coming out of <laughs> Kremlin intelligence, right? Like most of it. Some, somebody crafted this shit up, right? And then they have American operatives who are pushing it, pushing it, pushing it into the discourse. So why? 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 It, you know, I think it's connected to the same reason that the Kremlin knew to stick a Russia Today reporter on the street in front of Jeffrey Epstein's house. Right? But all of that is when designed no to distract us from from seeing the real conspiracy, which is that the head of C- that the head of CNN right. is Jeff Zucker, who was the guy who green lit the Apprentice in the first place, who made his entire career on the back of the Apprentice in the first place, and that Katie Couric and the Today Show team and everyone else enabled Donald Trump all over for. those years. Yeah. And so you've got yeah. this, and and again, he used to work for for NBC. So you've got this 
the system that's created a real conspiracy that we aren't allowed to look at because everyone else has been called a conspiracy theorist. But that is the actual conspiracy. The conspiracy is this man <laughs> got elected because this network and these people who run these networks enabled him and told us a bunch of lies right. in order to get him elected. And until we fix right. that problem, we're going to have a real hard time right. in this country with democracy. We are. And I think yeah. I think that the people who really elevated him, I know there's the people who trust washed him and all of that and all of the Americans that enable it. But in terms of him, you know, it's clear who had, we know, because all the intelligence agencies told us that the Kremlin has a vested interest in this in this guy becoming president. And I know everyone wants to, Greg wrote that incredible article this morning about how mm, everyone wants one. to convince everybody to stop paying attention to Russia. But what the, I mean, he's a, what's going on? This is our president. What are you talking about? He's owned by this other, this little yeah. troll. This stupid yeah. 4chan troll yeah. guy, this incel that's the head of Russia, right? It's unbelievable. And what are they afraid of? What is what is that for afraid of? What are mm -hmm. they well apparently something come up what are they what might come out around the president, around their guy, around their dog? What might come out around their little dog on his leash? that would be really detrimental to um, him. You've been nodding your head a lot. Is this, you know, you've been in this world for a long time. Is this is this what it looks? Is this what it looks like to you inside? That there is, you know, a whole bunch of people patting each other on the back and getting away with uh, allowing them to get away with all of this. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's it, it's a business. It's about making money. It's big corporations. Mm. You know, there's a small example of that in last week. You know, Mary Trump came out with a book, and I applaud her for writing the book. You know, I think she's a hero for writing the book. But like. You, you saw the coverage on Maddow when she gave her interview and then Lawrence O'Donnell afterwards was breathlessly talking about the breaking news of Donald mm. Trump using the N-word, mm. you know? That wasn't breaking news. Like, I've been saying that publicly <laughs> for years. I'm nobody, but like lots of Kwame Jackson said that he used the N-word against him on the first season of Apprentice. Omar Omarosa Manigault wrote yeah. a book a year ago saying she heard him use, you know, the n-word but it only became breaking news when simon and schuster was in a position to make you know 20 million dollars in a nice. day off of a book simon and schuster is next door to rockefeller center you know so it it's a very as again it's sixth avenue you know it's a very small geographical area where a lot of the corporate media is located and my point in that is it only became breaking news when somebody and a corporation were in a position to make a ton of money off it being breaking news. Mm. I'm not saying those people would have me on their show or should, but for but two or three have. years, they've been, people have been adding them. Hey, ah, interview this yeah. guy. I mean, I've given yeah. direct quotes, you know, why haven't, they, why haven't you not been interviewed at those people? Why, is, why have you not been on because, these shows? Because I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for them, but the kind of news I'm breaking is not the kind of news they want to break. I think it only becomes breaking news when, as I said, a corporation can make a lot of money off it and when it's not that damaging, mm. you know? Maybe there, you need a book like, deal, Noel. Look, Maybe if you had a book. I'm working You'd on something everywhere. now. I gotta get, I gotta get Greg to, Greg, Greg got the best interview out of me, you know? Send me some more questions, Greg. Is it really good? Now, I will, I'll do it over. Really but yeah. um, my point is, you know, like the drug thing, everyone knows he's on drugs. Forget about what I say. You can see his behavior now, yeah. you know? See you it. can see, see him sweating. You can see the symptoms. But nobody, you know, 
asks him about it. You know, you don't think any of those network anchors could say, you know what, I'm just going to postulate here that our president is a drug addict and has mm. a drug addiction. I'm going to ask him. There's a guy who went on record, Noel Kassler, you know, mm. he's, he's willing to testify in front of Congress that this is true, which I would, you know, mm. but nobody's really bringing up that story. So, and, and that story doesn't even matter. That's just an example at this point. We're well past that. You know what I mean? Like that's it. So we have a real crisis in terms of, of, of just the press. We have a, a real crisis in terms of, of who's watching the shop. You know, I mean, no one is watching the shop, basically. No, they're not. And I think, you know, I think everybody should be really afraid because there's a lot of money in being outraged every day about what mm. Donald Trump has. And that, you know, that goes away when Biden gets elected to a certain point, you know, and there's a lot of scarier things that are going on right now that aren't being reported, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's actually terrifying because, you know, if there, it's, it's like WrestleMania, you know, there's a villain and there's a good guy, you know, but the guy who owns WrestleMania makes money off of the whole production, right. you know, and in a lot of ways, there's a big production going on right now, you know, so, and that's back to my earlier point, like, they'll, there's certain things you'll give him, like, all right, we'll give it that Donald Trump used the N-word. You know, but we're not going to we're not going to figure out who Katie Rogers is. We're not going to investigate his ties to Jeffrey Epstein in a primetime fashion. You no. know, like and because he's the making first time money. I've heard, right, you know, I've heard of, CNN's making a lot of money. Jeff Zucker's, you know, animosity towards or CNN's animosity towards uh, Donald Trump is making Jeff Zucker a, a, a genius on for his resurgence at CNN. And that's how right. he's built it on this idea of, you know, you got to have these two sides fighting against each other all the time. But that's not helping exactly. a country or democracy or journalism in any way. No, but it's making the same group of people that are sitting out in Bridgehampton right now very wealthy. Very wealthy, you know, even more they powerful. Make a ton of, no. They make a ton of money off of the media coverage, and then they get a big tax cut when the bad guy gets reelected. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yep. It's the Les Moonves quote. It might not be good for America, but it's good for CVS. Yeah. CBS. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, he lost his job, too. Uh, um, so... Uh, all right. I'll it's go around very one last cynical thoughts. and dark. It's yeah. very cynical and it is dark. sad in a lot of ways. Okay. But that's what we have narrative. Sad. We have narrative to to bring you the truth. So uh, you know, you and I applaud you. Zev, I'm a big fan of yours. Thank I follow you. your Twitter. You really do a lot of good stuff. Greg, you know, I had Greg and LB on a podcast I used to co-host. Yeah. They know what they're doing. You know, so it is guys like you. I'm just a comedian. You know, I'm just telling you what I saw. But it's guys like you that are doing the research and putting it out there on a daily basis. My hat's I follow off. your your thank you, but I follow your feed too, and it's always uh, really entertaining and uh, in terms and in terms and informative in terms of your perceptions. And of, I mean, what you and did the other day, yeah. uh, you were yeah. talking about Ghislaine, and you just gave me this idea of well, these guys are so close to each other. You know, you pointed out how close Ghislaine Maxwell's home was. Jeffrey Epstein's home was, exactly. and, and Donald Trump's home was. It's, you know, it's, right. I, don't, we don't, I don't think about it like that. I do a little bit because I live there, but most people definitely don't think about it like that. So you're, mm -hmm. you're able to give us that inside view on, on what it's like to, to be in those you know, 20 or 30 blocks. It really is all it is that run America. Those are the most powerful blocks in, in the world, maybe. Uh, and they wow. contain business, they contain networks, they contain publishing, and it all happens in this confined little space and those are, those are the titans of the universe, you know? So you've got an inside view of that. I hope you continue to, to share your, uh, your insights and your, what you've learned along the way uh, with everyone, because it's really great that you've been so courageous to come forward. Um, yeah. Um, Yay, with everything no! you've done. Yeah, it really is impressive. Well so, done for you. Thank you. 
I'm, um, I'm not courageous. No, that is, you know what? Yeah, uh, you I don't know a lot of people go uh, go up to the president of the United States and say, you know, this guy was a drug dealer. I'm sorry, drug, drug, drug user. I don't think a lot of people would do that. Oh, he's a uh, drug dealer, too. He was a drug dealer, too. I'm going to say that's a great place to leave it for tonight. <laughs> I think, no, didn't John, John Bolton confirmed it. He said he wanted no part in that drug Right, he, he did Maybe say he was literal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's no, what Noel gotta, is talking about, everybody. <laughs> no, you, you said it, so you got to tell us before I say goodbye. Was he really? Oh, yeah. A Trump Tower is full of, that's where you went to buy cocaine. Yeah. You know, if you were a oh, white okay. finance bro in New York in the 80s and 90s, and you didn't want to go up to Harlem and buy it off the street, you know, where you could get arrested or you could get in trouble, you could go one, to one of several locations in Trump Tower and buy it and not get in wow. trouble because Trump had NYPD guys on his payroll. You weren't going to get busted wow, going wow, into wow. his poker room and buying it off of Russians and stuff. Trump's, Trump's, you know this story, Trump's helicopter pilot was a major coke trafficker and he got busted in Ohio I and was going to go to trial in Ohio and they moved the federal case to his sister's district in North Jersey, right? And then Trump wrote a letter and they got a, she recused herself, but a friendly judge you know, read a letter that Trump wrote in court about how the guy was a really upstanding citizen. This guy who was Trump's personal helicopter pilot who was busted for bringing kilos of coke up from Florida, right? Wow. The guy gets a slap on the wrist. He does 18 months of a three-year sentence. Then he buys a condo in Trump Tower. How do you right? do that? Nice, nice, nice condo. If you can right. get it, probably... cash left over. He actually got a really good deal on that condo too. So yeah. this well, is again, yeah. this yeah. is again, what happens when you elevate a money launderer for organized crime into the highest office of the land? Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. Mm -hmm.